Hi guys, we're getting ready to start the Q Radio Show. And it's a great show. It's going to be with the Anger Doctor. And we have audience today. Look at that. A live audience. A live audience. And they, they know that I went to clap and went not to clap. With <laughs> a dog. <laughs> See, there's the live audience. <laughs> live audience. Hello. Say hello, live audience. <laughs> <laughs> nice. The Cure with Amy Cabo. Life can bring many difficult situations. Domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. Welcome, Amy Cabo and The Cure. Good afternoon and welcome to The Cure Radio Show. I'm your host, Amy Cabo, joined by Boris, my other half. Our show is available live on your radio, also live through our app the cure on any smartphone or our website godisthecure.com we are broadcasting live from miami through satellite and soon after on any podcast player this show deals with suffering the tenacity of the human spirit the will to survive and the courage to keep going forward despite any obstacle with the help of god and each other we do provide testimonials to let people know that they're not alone. And in this show, the testimony started with me, having been a ch survivor from child abuse well into young adulthood. We also have experts in the field and inspirational speakers that are willing to help us with valuable information, knowing that education is necessary, awareness is crucial, and comfort is needed. I do believe we all suffer or have suffered from something and we hope to be a source of healing for each other my healing came from God but other forms of healing are presented as well to service everyone life can be very challenging but always know there's always someone who cares there is always hope the song we played earlier was rare by Selena Gomez when I hear this song, all I can think of is rare. We may not have it all, but we have what it takes. Are we even aware of it? That we're not created to conform with the world, but to stand out. It means that we choose to do the unexpected. Not react in the usual way, but leave them pleasantly surprised. It's a little bit more difficult, that road of a true disciple who keeps the word of God. It doesn't matter how many great deeds we may be doing or how spiritual we may feel. We all fall short. We are all sinners. God is slow to anger. But in today's world, being slow to anger seems rare. We see it on the roads, on TV, 
on social media and our environment. We could have everything down just right, yet some of us really struggle with anger. So it's really walk and talk like Jesus. It's rare. And since we're made in his image, we are called to be rare. We are capable of being rare. But when it comes to anger, how do we get there? Today, we have Dr. Vicki Coleman, the anger doctor. That's rare. I didn't know that existed. She has issues with anger also. Dr. Vicki Coleman is internationally recognized behavioral health specialist, Amazon number one best-selling author, expert speaker, talk show host, Dr. Vicki Coleman, the anger doctor, affectionately called Dr. Vicki. She has dedicated her long and extremely successful career to helping her clients and audiences understand the causes and effects of this emotion and them about how to deal with it through anger management and her own unique program that helps one gain a new positive perspective of oneself. Dr. Vicki holds many degrees and certifications, to name a few, Masters in Counseling, Counselor from Northern Illinois University, Doctorate in Counseling Psychology from Rutgers University, and Certified Anger Management Facilitator. Dr. Vicki, thank you for being with us in the show. You're live on The Cure. Thank you so much, Amy. I really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you about some pressing issues. Can you hear me? Yes. I mean, if you can speak a little louder, that would be great. Okay. Thank you. Dr. Vicki, almost all of us struggle with some aspects of anger. Tell us how is the best way to handle it. I, I, I mean, you state that anger issues stem from low self-esteem and self-concept. Can you explain that a little bit? Well, I believe that, first of all, anger is a valid emotion, and we all have a right to be angry, depending on the circumstances and the context. However, we don't have a right to respond inappropriately to the anger. And in my work uh, with anger management, conflict resolution, communication skills, domestic violence, I believe that the source of all of our anger is our self-concept. And I like to focus on self-concept and self-esteem when I work with individuals who are addressing anger or anger management issues. Okay, so basically their perception of things. I mean, kind of like you can be really bothered by the idea of suffering or you can think suffering's a part of life and it's a great way to grow and to learn. And um, I'm willing to take the good with the bad. That's what love is all about. So yeah. you're talking about how you look at it, whether you're going to feel the emotion or not. Yes, and with respect to self-concept, Amy, I look at several areas of self-concept, and this is based on my work and my research and work conducted by a couple of psychologists, Drs. Fitz and Dr. Warren, 
and they have developed an instrument called the Tennessee Self-Concept Scale. And it's from that instrument and their work that I have put together my program to help address our self-concept and self-esteem. And I would like to identify and explain the six areas of self-concept. And they are personal self-concept, physical self-concept, family self-concept, social self-concept, academic work, financial self-concept, and moral ethical concept. I believe that these six areas, Amy, comprise who we are, all of the different aspects of who we are, who we are, what we do, and the areas of our lives. So, because these are all areas that are opportunities for us getting angry, correct? Yes, yes, those are areas. <laughs> so, it's, and it's, it's really multifaceted. I believe, <laughs> I believe it's important to identify which area of the self has caused some distress or stress. And that way, I or others can develop an appropriate intervention. For example, if the area of distress or dysfunction is the family self-concept, then we would need to look at the entire family system, the different family members, the triggers and the stressors that have caused the anger, and then I can help identify appropriate uh, strategies or interventions to deal with the anger. Right, I understand, and because, I mean, a lot of people suffer from anger, especially if they have PTSD, and then couple that with a dysfunctional family, <laughs> that doesn't help, and I've learned you, you can't really change other people and their reactions, but you can always make sure they don't change you and who you truly are, regardless of of who they've been to you or what they've done to you. And I'd like to highlight uh, the comment you just made about we cannot change others. However, we can change how we respond to others and we can change ourselves. So in changing ourselves, we can more appropriately respond to others. And we may not be even be aware what aspect of our life is causing this trigger for which a program could be extremely beneficial for those that have an issue with anger which i have to admit i'm one of them i mean nobody's except from anger and but i've learned i've learned to be patient and and now instead of getting angry at impatient situations i think what a great opportunity to practice patience <laughs> Yes, uh, examining oneself in terms of anger in general and self-concept more specifically, it is an opportunity to learn and grow, learn better communication skills because I classify anger and anger management under the category of basic communication. And we learn inappropriate anger responses from our environment. For example, we talked about the family self-concept. If one, if, if a child grows up in an environment where there's yelling and screaming and fighting and uh, domestic violence, 
inappropriate responses to conflict, then that is what the child has learned and oftentimes carries on. Yes. And we definitely have to look into the family situation because we're not an island. Exactly. I'm Amy Cabo, and this is The Cure. We will continue talking about anger in a short few minutes. Please call in if you'd like to talk about anger or tell us an anger story. And one eight six six thirty four truth. Right back with Amy Cabo and the Cure. Life can bring many difficult. That was modern loneliness by love. It's pretty lonely when we have it all, but always depressed. We can love our friends and eventually isolate until we realize that we get what we give and we should give more than what we get. Take that extra step. Put forth your best effort. Give others your all. There are moments that make us angry, leaving us frustrated and lonely. Those moments will always come and it's a dilemma of the soul, a modern loneliness we all suffer from. That's practice, until God teaches us to act like Him, which is what brings us peace. Remember that you can listen to the radio show live through the Cure app under Amy Cabo. And also, I would like to announce the contest we started. Let us know suggestions for a song that we can play on the show through our contact us page on GodIsTheCure.com and if we play it, you will receive a $25 gift certificate. We are talking to Dr. Vicki Coleman, who's helping us address anger. Dr. Vicki, just before we get off, we we're talking about outside influences, dysfunctional families, and things like that. And I have yes. to be very honest with you. It's not just in our families. It's the environment. Sometimes people honk at you on the street for no reason at all. Um, and, and sometimes people forget how to be nice. And it, it can be difficult, I'll be honest. So what I think is act like Jesus. And that's what helps me. Uh, because society tells me I should behave in an angry way. Why? Because that's what everybody else does. Because that's the norm, not just what we learned from our dysfunctional family. So the only way that I've been able to combat that is just how would Jesus react? What would Jesus do? And it's the best feeling in the world, by the way. Yes. And I, I believe that uh, we do need an anchor in terms of the moral, spiritual, religious self. And oftentimes people don't have a reason for being, Amy, a reason to live, which also translates into them not liking themselves. And a result can be an inappropriate response with respect to the family, the environment, our educational system. Every area of our lives we must respond to stimuli. And if we have not learned appropriate strategies and techniques for responding, for coping, for dealing with, as you indicated, the PTSD, then we could have some major challenges. 
Right, because we don't want to avoid the situation. We just want to learn how to respond in, a, in an appropriate manner. And I think you have a, a, a Coleman model of self-concept that, that could probably address some of those issues. I think it can. Uh, as I said, it, fo it focuses on uh, six areas of self-concept, and I'll repeat those again briefly. Personal self-concept, physical self-concept, family self-concept, social self-concept, academic work, financial self-concept, and moral, ethical, spiritual self-concept. Another area that I like to focus on, Amy, is decision-making. Every day we literally make hundreds of decisions. However, I have run into very few people who have ever had a course in decision-making. Decision-making is very important in our lives and it is a skill that can be learned. And one of my areas of emphasis in my model is also to teach people how to make decisions. For example, if we're in a challenging situation, we choose how to respond. And I like people to undergo and experience my decision-making program such that when they're in a situation where they became angry or threatened, then they can sit down and decide how they're going to respond. And of course, you can respond appropriately or inappropriately. It's actually taking a moment to think. Sometimes we react on impulse immediately, yes. but it feels like what we want to do this feels like the right thing. I call that the first stupid thought from pickpocket. That's the temptation. Now, yes. if you take a moment to think, and it's amazing what's happened with God in my life, I actually take moments to think, and I have been making better decisions because of it. Yeah. Yeah. So basically, think more. <laughs> Can that be like a suggestion? <laughs> that is funny. Yeah. Or sometimes well, in my profession, we might refer to it as a time out. Before we make a decision, step back, for example, count to 10, breathe deeply. There are other strategies we can take before we make that final decision in terms of how we're going to respond. Like, you can think this response, what would be the result of this response? That I make my point, that I feel better, that I feel like I know what I'm doing and you know and to think that way what's the response and always when you're when you're angry you know you have to think well what is going to be the result of what I'm saying is it going to make yes, things better? Is it gonna? Is it going to bring a result to the situation? Is it going to end the situation? Is it going to be, am I being helpful? Am I being kind? Is this something that will make her or him happy? Um, rather than being argumentative, for example, that just fuels the fire. And it, it just makes both people angry, I think. I've been told I've been argumentative. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe, <laughs> Dr. Maybe Rita, that, I need your help. Maybe that's where my anger is coming from. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So who do you treat when it's argumentative? Like the person that is argumentative or the person that is getting angry? Well, again, I think we have to step back. Uh, we, oftentimes we can see a situation escalating and that's 
a perfect opportunity to step back, take a deep breath, count to 10, and make that and decide how we're going to respond. And I appreciate your comments about the results of our response. Oftentimes we don't think of the consequences of our behavior. The consequences, if we respond a certain way, what are the implications for ourselves or the other person or the environment or the community? Right, because a lot of times we make our own misery just by our responses and then they get worse and worse because it, it just gets worse. It's just better to do the right thing to begin with, even if it's more difficult. Do you think, uh, Dr. Vicky, that uh, people can be addicted to anger? Like, uh, they cannot live without anger. It's like essential part of their life. Even if it eats them alive and makes them miserable. Well, I think they can be addicted because they have probably learned behavior. It's learned behavior going back to their childhood or maybe even adolescence or adulthood. And some people, they like that type they like that type of drama in their lives and also oftentimes it's very challenging for people to change for example in in a domestic violence situation be it male or female sometimes what we know what we are in is more comfortable and so definitely we we are going to look into that because it's it's a difficult thing for most of us we will return with a cure this is Amy Cabo. Remember, we're live every Saturday at 1. With Amy Cabo and the cure. My last made me feel like I would never try again. But when I saw you, I felt something I never felt. Come closer, I give you. My love, if you treat me right, baby, I'll give you everything My last made me feel like I would never try again But when I saw you, I felt something I never felt Come closer, I'll give you all my love If you treat me right, baby, I'll give you everything Now we will continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Welcome to The Cure. Live Saturdays at 1 p.m. with Amy Cabo and Boris. That's me. (laughs) You can listen on the radio, our app The Cure, or on our website, GodIsTheCure.com. All shows are available as a podcast or a video podcast. Just look for The Cure with Amy Cabo on any podcast channel. That was Falling by Trevor Daniel. I love that song. I love the songs I pick. It's it's amazing. The song played in my mind all day yesterday. But here's my take. I'm sure God got frustrated the last time it made him feel like he would never try again. But then Jesus came, who made us an exception as he poured his love onto us. In God's eyes, we are the only one even at times when we're out of our minds. I can imagine God gently suggesting, come closer, I'll give you all my love if you treat me right. 
I'll give you everything. No matter how much they try to break us down, always keep in mind that God can always lift us up. Okay, so <laughs> we are also want to remind you about the contest we started. Let us know suggestions for a song that we can play on the show through our contact us page on GodIsTheCure.com and if we play it, you will receive a $25 gift certificate. And we have a winner. It will be next song. But in the meantime... We do? Yes. In the meantime, we're talking to Dr. Vicki Coleman about addressing anger. Dr. Vicki, on our last break, we talked about being addicted to anger. When do you know it's a problem? I mean, I know that old habits are very hard to break. And somebody who feels like it's in their genes, or it's part of their condition, or it's because of their past. I mean, when is it something that, when is it considered a problem? Is, could it possibly be a disorder? Is there an angry disorder? Or could it always no. be taken care of? <laughs> Yes. Uh, I would say it's anger is a problem when it starts to interfere with our day-to-day -day activities in those areas that I've identified, our personal self, our physical self, our family self, social self, work, financial self, moral, ethical self. When we, for example, at work, if we're having problems with our coworkers, and they're being challenged and our supervisor or human resources indicates that there are some communication issues, then it is a challenge, it is a problem. And anytime it is interfering with our day-to-day -day normal functioning, then it is a problem and it must be addressed. Well, anger also can be a representation of actual disorders like uh, borderline personality disorder or certain manic stages, uh, bipolar disorder. Bipolar disorder, depression, uh, PTSD, oftentimes anger is also manifested in a myriad of uh, mental health disorders. And that's why it's even more challenging and that's why we need to address it immediately. Once it's identified as an issue, then it should be addressed immediately. It can be more challenging, but it's possible. It's possible because anything's possible with God. At least when it came to me, I thought I was impossible. No, I'm very possible. Yes, Think I, again. I can concur. She's very possible. <laughs> yes. yes, you are. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Vicky. That's, that's very nice of you, Dr. Vicky. You're now so you hear it from the doctor, see? A wonderful person you <laughs> yes. are. And you, you know, but awesome. can people can people use anger as an excuse? I mean, yeah, is, I have is, an is, is it even a defense? Yeah. <laughs> I, I I think it uh, it is frequently used as an excuse, but it's not acceptable in the twenty first century global economy. No one will accept that as uh, an issue or a reason for inappropriate behavior and that's why it must be addressed and with respect to addressing anger the, the major category I would consider is conflict resolution we have not been taught how to resolve conflict and we see so many uh, examples of inappropriate resolution of conflict 
in the family, in our educational system, at uh, at work, in our daily in life, in the news, almost <laughs> daily in the news, there is an inappropriate expression of uh, anger. And I feel that we need to begin to teach about anger and anger management and conflict resolution no later than first grade and probably at the preschool level. How about kindergarten? Yes, kindergarten. Oh, definitely kindergarten, even preschool, I believe, because we see children getting into conflict at the preschool level. And so it's very important that we teach these skills. Oftentimes I will ask the audience two questions. Number one, have you ever had a course in decision-making? And number two, have you ever had a course discussing anger or anger management? And most oftentimes, I would say 99% of the time, no one has had that type of previous training. And that's very disturbing to me because if we don't know how to respond appropriately, we're going to respond according to the way we learned and observed during childhood, adolescence, adulthood. Well, I didn't go through any anger management or anything like that, but I figured out, you know, there's the external environment. There are things beyond my control. And I know that yeah. getting angry only made me feel bad. It made me feel like mm -hmm. an ogre, like a bad person. I didn't like it. It led to no good. So now I think of, oh, what would Jesus do? Or how can I shock these people and not get angry? Or... <laughs> you know, and I walk around feeling victorious, and I walk around feeling great, and it's just so much better not to get angry and to be the adult and just deal with things, even if that's the way that everybody else would normally react, even if it's something that ex it's expected of you. It doesn't have to be. And, I mean, you can think of books and classes and anything of like that. If it doesn't feel right, it shouldn't be. And anger only eats you up away. I mean, I avoid situations that would make me angry. <laughs> well, see, that's another reason for training. And you, you make an excellent point, Amy, that anger does have physiological, psychological, sociological, political implications. But one way... Uh, an individual can determine if he or she, if anger has caused, is causing problems, is how does one feel when one is angry? And I know. you don't feel good when you're angry. Not a good feeling. Actually, it, it could lead to depression. That may be the only person, yeah. the only thing the person's struggling with. And it can be a, a very, a very bad thing because, you know, depression leads to so many other problems but yeah it, what when you know that you cannot you're not capable let's say you're 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 angry at your boss and you and you just feel trapped you're not capable of responding in an appropriate manner and you're just bottling up anger inside and you don't know how to channel it appropriately when does a person know they need counseling well oftentimes uh for example, I've done a lot of work. I have worked in the past with the City of Las Vegas Municipal Court and also privately. Uh, one knows when there's a challenge or a problem when, for example, one is mandated. I've worked with a lot of clients who were mandated to get some type of anger, anger management, counseling, and training. 
I've also worked with people who have self-referred. Uh, so if if one knows, if you're in a relationship, for example, and your partner says you need to get some help, then oftentimes people will come to me. But in terms of the mandated anger, I've worked with individuals who were mandated by uh, colleges and universities, Fortune 500 corporations, not-for-profit organizations, uh, family interventions. So there's the mandated aspect, and then there's the self-referral aspect. The most challenging, of course, is the individual who is mandated, because oftentimes the mandated individual will tell me, oh, I'm not angry. I'm just taking this class or the counseling because I was mandated to do so. And of course, So do you, do you make him angry, like pro provoke him? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I do. To show him he can get angry? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm sure I do make them angry because I'm insistent uh -huh. that... You are a good anger doctor. <laughs> yes, I insist that he or she participate, actively participate in my program. So I'm sure that does instill some anger in the individual. Uh-huh, you say, uh-huh, you see, you do get angry. <laughs> Everybody gets angry. Yep. Uh, it's only normal. But when we're yeah. back, we'll continue talking. We're going into break now. So when we're back, we'll continue talking with Dr. Coleman, Vicki Coleman, about anger. Please call us, 1-866-34-TRUTH, if you want to speak about angry accident. 1-866-34-TRUTH. With Amy Cabell and The Cure. Life can bring many difficult situations. Domestic violence, addictions, poverty, and even sexual abuse by your loved ones. The issue is not stay there, but to overcome all obstacles and show that with the love of God, your husband, and your family, you can succeed. Love is the answer, God is the cure, reveals Amy Cabo's life. A warrior who didn't give up and achieved the dream of her life. You can get to know more about her and her story on GodIsTheCure.com or buying her book on Amazon.com. Sin was great, your love was greater 
continue with Amy Cabo and The Cure. Thanks for being with us. I'm Amy Cabo and this is The Cure. You can listen every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern. We have an app called The Cure on social media, on our website, GodIsTheCure.com, and on your radio. We are talking with the anger doctor, Dr. Vicki Coleman, about how to address anger. The song that just played was What a Beautiful Name It Is by Hillsong Worship. This beautiful song was played just a little longer because it's the suggestion of one of our listeners, Leo. So, Leo, if you're listening, thanks for the beautiful song. And congrats, you're the latest song choice winner. You couldn't pick a better song because there's no sweeter name than the name of Jesus. It resonates in our hearts, sets fire to our soul, and unites the world. Christ our King is the reason why we aspire to do better. Love when it's unwanted. Give when there's no rest. And always do our best. Thank you, God, for making life once again worth living. We'll be sending you a $25 gift certificate. Congratulations, Leo. Dr. Vicky, when someone is angry, when should it all hang out? Letting it blow, or is that not a good idea? Well, I think uh, the first step when I work with people is I want them to acknowledge their anger. And then I want to help them identify the triggers. In other words, what has made them angry? And as we talked, uh, those six areas that I've identified, is it personal, is it physical, is it the family, is it the work environment, is it the community, is, the, is it the United States, is it the global economy? There's so many triggers in our lives and that trigger different behaviors, of course. So it's very important that, number one, the individual acknowledge that he or she is angry, and I support them in understanding that it's okay to be angry. It's not the anger. It's how we respond to it. And, and sometimes response might be uh, mental health counseling. Sometimes the response might be talking to a supervisor. Sometimes the response could be participating in community activities where one feels uh, he or she is able to make a difference. So the response is the only thing, really, that we can control. If you yes. know that the end result of two people getting angry is not resolving the situation, then unless if you can do nothing about your external environment, at least you can make yourself feel better. Yes, I think oftentimes people, Amy, don't realize they have options. They're alternatives. They're different types of responses to every situation. And it's not just uh, black or white or one response or the other. We have opportunities to identify options or alternatives to our responses. And I see that as my role, help individuals first acknowledge that he or she is angry, secondly, identify the triggers, and then I will facilitate the process of looking at alternative responses to the anger so that 
the person feels better about himself or herself. And what about if we, like, practical question, if you have, like, a person that is super angry at you, do you try to calm mm-hmm. him down or just let him finish being angry? Well, what I do when I see that someone is very angry with me, I will usually say, excuse me, I'm going to walk away, or if, say if I'm on the telephone, I'll say, I think we need to end the conversation now and talk later after you've calmed down. Because if you try to calm the other person down, the outcome might not be positive or what we want it to be because he or she might see that as challenging them. They might not be ready. They might not be ready. They may, us confronting or responding might make the person more angry. Yes. So I think. <laughs> I love the walking yeah. away one. Or we'll talk about this. I use that with my teenagers. We'll talk about this when you're more able to talk about it. <laughs> yes, yes. And most, I think, from what you've just stated, Amy, I think most people will accept that because people know when they're angry and they know it could lead to being out of control. And, and so they appreciate you for it. They really And they do. appreciate you for it. So they not only that... And so not only are you reacting in a positive way to your anger, you're showing them how to diffuse and walk away from an angry situation. You don't have to yeah. act the minute you're angry. You can wait for when no. you're not. <laughs> Patience is a virtue, right? Yes, yes, and that's an important uh, teachable moment because, as I've stated, there are different ways to respond appropriately. Challenge is that we are not often taught the way to respond. Okay. So how how do you know if you have like an anger management mandated? How do you know that the person is ready? Isn't that like a super long process? Or how do you get them yeah, ready? And is. how long does... Yeah. yeah. I'd like to know that too. How long does it take oh, to cool. realize you're Two angry? Two questions for one. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, when, when a mandated person comes to me, I will conduct a very uh, an initial assessment and evaluation, a comprehensive assessment, and that will give me some more information about their background, including their physical self, the, the comprehensive uh, medical history. And after I conduct the initial assessment and evaluation, I will discuss with the person and make a recommendation as to how many sessions or how many times we should meet. Frequently, when I get mandated clients, the judges don't say how long they need to see me, which I think right. is really appropriate. And I will know. tell right. them, yes, they, don't, they won't say, you know, five sessions or 20 sessions. Now, some courts, depending on if usually for domestic violence, they will issue a mandate in terms of the number of sessions. But with, with respect to anger management or impulse control, they leave it up to the provider to determine how many sessions would be appropriate. And it could be, I, I can't say what number, it depends on the individual, his or her background, the environment, the context, and also, most importantly, the source of the anger or the triggers. That's going to determine how often I need to meet with that individual or the duration of his or her program. Okay, Dr. Becky, as we're reaching the end of the show, do you have any last-minute words? For angry people. For <laughs> people that might yeah, be getting yeah. angry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is, that means for everyone. 
for right. all of us. <laughs> we're all angry. That's we right. We're been. all angry. Right. And I would encourage everyone, mandated or not, to seek additional support and training and resources related to communication skills, anger, anger management, and conflict resolution. And more information on Dr. Bakey can be found on angerdr.com. Dr. Coleman, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, thank you. And it, it's really, really helpful information. God bless you. And thank you. I want to thank both of you for this opportunity and also indicate that your show is very calming. So I will nice. even recommend that people listen to your show on a weekly basis as there a source are. of anger management training. Wow, thank nice. you. We're going to put it in recommendations. <laughs> Can I use you? Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Oh, I love it. Thank you. Yes. Thank uh, you. Take care. Okay. And thank you to our audio producer, Jasper, for being with us today. And took care of the echo. And he plays the songs. That's really important. And Robbie, he's our inspiration. The guy who's always listening to our show. At least him. And we know at least there's one listener. <laughs> no, <laughs> so we have more. We have more. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, your peace surpasses all my understanding. When anger rises within me, please calm my mind and soothe my heart with your gentle words. Fill my whole life with your perfect peace. May my personality be shaped by your peace rather than my frustration. With your Holy Spirit in my life, I can overcome anger. May I reflect your character, being slow to anger, and rich in steadfast love. Look upon me and cause your face to shine upon me. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And there's another one. Anger is tough, so we need more prayers. <laughs> Everlasting Father, Help me feel calm when I become angry. When pressure and conflict make me feel surrounded, remind me that I am surrounded by your presence. When you are with me, I have no need to lash out in anger. Please remove my anger towards other people and replace it with your trust, with the trust in your provision and care. May confidence in your love replace any anger about my circumstances. And when I feel angry due to unmet expectations, remind me that satisfaction cannot be found only in you. May the love of the Father, the grace of the Son, and the power of the Holy Spirit be with us today. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Please check our podcast, The Cure, with Amy Cabo, our app, The Cure, or our website, GodIsTheCure.com. Till next week, much love. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to The Cure with Amy Cabo. For more information or to get Amy's book, Love is the Answer, God is the Cure, or to listen to the podcasts of previous shows, visit GodIsTheCure.com.